morning. Let's turn together to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We've been working our way through the book of James and taking our time as we've gone through because it's such a good book. It's such a practical, down-to-earth, hits-us-right-where-we-live kind of book. Let me remind you of one of the reasons that James wrote this book. Um, in his greeting, he said, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. To those who were scattered. Why were they scattered? Well, the book of Acts tells us that the early church was scattered when persecution arose. And they went out everywhere proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he moved right into, uh, my brothers, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, testing the trials. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, there's this theme within James of the fact that, that we're going to suffer. We're going to go through difficult times. We're going to have problems and so in this fifth chapter we want to to get James's um, word and his his uh, his advice to us his his counsel to us today uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of how we're to deal with things when they come and so look with me James chapter 5 and verse 13 and if you're able to stand with me I encourage you to stand in honor of the reading of God's holy word. James 5.13 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven Him. Let's stop there. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word today. I pray You'll bless the the reading of Your Word. Lord, plant the Word of God deeply within our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray today that that we would uh, dwell upon the Word of God, the Word of Christ, and allow it to richly dwell within us, to, to, to touch us, to change us, to mold us, to shape us, to to draw us into Your presence, Lord, to cause us to fall to our knees in worship and to praise You, to glorify Your name. And so, Father, as we come before You now, and and Lord, we acknowledge Your greatness and Your power and Your glory and uh, the holiness of of all that You are, God, we, we ask You to cleanse our hearts and our minds. Lord, bring a coal from that altar, God, to touch our lips and cleanse us. And Father, help us to, to come to You in the way that You've You've told us to do. And God, we just pray that You'll be glorified and lifted up this morning in this time as we look to Your Word. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. And we praise You for giving us the the truth that that we find here. And we pray together in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I want us to think about this. The... I think one of the things that we're seeing here, and there's a lot of ways we can look at this, but I think one of the things that we're seeing here is some 
some key questions. James gives us three questions here that we can ask ourselves today. And, and then he has an answer for each question. And I think that a part of what he's doing is he's giving us a pathway here to authenticity as a believer. You know, if there's anything that I think that we need uh, day in and day out is to be authentic, is to be real, is to be genuine. It's not to show up on Sunday morning and plaster a big smile across your face and, and pretend something. It's to be real, it's to be honest, it's to be genuine. And I think that, that there is a lot of, of, of um, what he tells us here today helps us to do that. So, um, notice with me what he gives us. First of all, in verse 13, he says, Is any among you afflicted? And perhaps uh, it may, may give you the word suffer or suffering in some versions. Uh, notice back in verse 10, where he said, Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Is any among you afflicted? Well, think about with me the context of the book of James. It was written to believers who were being persecuted. They were being pushed around. They were being tried. They were being tested. They had been run out of Jerusalem and they went out into Samaria and the surrounding areas. Um, and, and so they're having some hard times here, some difficult times. And, uh, and James just ra- writes and asks, is any among you suffering? Is any among you afflicted? Well, certainly they were. And, and perhaps for a variety of reasons. Now, as I look around us today, I, I would guess that probably not many of us would say, oh, I'm persecuted for my faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm suffering because of my faith in Jesus. Probably not many of us would say that. There might be some isolated instances in which you have suffered. But we we enjoy a remarkable degree of freedom in our country. And it's a blessing. Praise God for it. And and may He continue to bless and give us freedom and and give us peace to, to be about His work. But there are moments of of trouble and trial and afflictions and struggles that come to us. And and someone may say, oh, but, but wait, Brother Tim, we're Christians. We've been saved, remember? Our lives are supposed to be all better now. Isn't that what happens when you come to Jesus? You get saved and, and all your troubles are taken away. And everything is all better now. Well, yes, yes, that's true ultimately, but it's not true right here and right now. You come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and when you trust Him to be the Savior of your soul, and you turn to Him in repentance and faith, and you're born again, you're brought into the kingdom of God, you're born into the family of God, well, there's something wonderful that happens inside of you that God does. He cleanses you. He, he washes you. He makes you clean. He forgives all your sin. He takes away the condemnation that we read about in John 3.18 earlier because now you've turned from not believing. You've turned to believing in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and you've been set free. And there's a whole lot of things that God does when a, when a person gets saved. There's a bunch of stuff and it, it's all working down inside of you and, and in your heart and in your mind and, and in ways that you can't even see and you can't figure it out. But, but there's moments when it shines through. And occasionally, occasionally it might even reach your face. But not normally. Or at least not today. I understand. I have days like that. You know, we're not here to 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 uh, pretend that everything's okay in life. I mean, some of you going through a hard week. Some of you had some struggles this week. Some of you had a rough morning. And uh, we're not here to pretend that everything's just fine and everything's okay. Uh, but what we're here to do is to is to come into the presence of God as we are. And to recognize that He is God. And that He has the answer to every need that you have. And whether today you're facing a financial difficulty, or a health problem, or relationship issues, or uh, no matter what it may be that you're dealing with today, something in your job, or, or in your family, or something going on, um, the Lord Jesus Christ has the answer. You can relax today in Him. You can rest in Him. You can trust Him. You can believe Him. And as you do, you'll find peace that goes all the way down to the depth of your soul. You'll find peace that, that just settles within you. And yes, you've still got an issue. You've still got a circumstance to deal with. You've still got a problem. You've still got, you know, but you also have the peace of God. Settling in your heart and your mind and your soul, and, and not even your circumstances can change that or upset that. Well, so let's look at this. He says, Is any among you afflicted, suffering for whatever reason? It could come for a lot of reasons. God allows suffering and affliction for a lot of, of reasons. Sometimes it's because of sin. Did you know that God judges his children? God disciplines his own? He does. And some, sometimes when we don't listen and we won't respond, when the Holy Spirit convicts us, but we, we brush it off, we say no, uh, we continue on, then God brings something more difficult, something louder, something stronger. And it could be that God brings suffering and affliction to us because of sin. Now, that's not the only reason. So don't ever look at somebody and say, oh, well, I know why they're suffering. Because really, you don't know. You don't know their heart. And while you might be able to look at some of the fruit in their life and see some things, yet you really don't know what's, what God is doing there. It could be that God's growing you. It could be that God's allowing you to suffer so that He can build you up and strengthen you. He's growing you. We've been studying Joseph in our Sunday school lesson. I believe that God was growing Joseph through all those years of being sold into slavery and, and uh, being put in prison and, and accused unjustly and all these things that happened. God was building some things in Joseph because He had a great job for Joseph. He had a great 
uh, great task for Joseph to do. And he needed a man who had character. He needed a man who had some strength within him. Maybe God's preparing you for something. Sometimes suffering comes because God is humbling us. Sometimes affliction comes because God wants to to cut us down a notch. And Paul wrote about that. He said, I knew a man who was caught up into the third heaven. Saw things that it's not even lawful to write about. I can't even tell you about them. Which is why you probably need to put those uh, 77 minutes in heaven and all that kind of stuff. You need to put it away. Because... Uh, Paul said, it's not even permitted for me to speak about what I saw there. And he says, a a messenger of of torment was given to me. I I was given something, a thorn in the flesh. To bring me down, to remind me of who I am. And, And we'll get into it in a moment, but he says, I prayed about it. Three times I asked the Lord to remove this thorn. But the Lord's only answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. Well, sometimes suffering and affliction comes for the glory of God. Remember the the account? I think it's in John 9. The blind man. Some of the people asked Jesus, said, Master, who sinned? This man or his parents? Because this man had been born blind. He'd been blind all of his life. Who sinned? I mean, their quick response was, well, somebody must have messed up because that's why this guy's like the He's in this shape. That's why he's where he is. Who sinned? That neither one sinned. But it's for the glory of God. And Jesus healed him. And God was glorified. It came. It came. Sometimes God allows suffering and pain and struggle to glorify the Lord. To give glory to God. Well, notice His answer. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Let him pray. So, oh, but, 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 but wait. Uh, I mean, isn't there more than that? Isn't there something... I mean, shouldn't we go to counseling? Or shouldn't we have a seminar? Or shouldn't we uh, read a book? Or should Shouldn't we? No, it's really quite simple. Let him pray. Let him pray. Uh, Brother Sonny Tucker was talking the other day. Uh, he's the head of our Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And he was talking about uh, they're having a prayer gathering in uh, the end of this month for pastors and ministers and different folks. And, and uh, really looking forward to it. The last one was really it was awesome. But um, he was he was saying, you know, we're going to gather. I think it's on a, a Monday night and Tuesday morning, and it's eight hours in total. And uh, he said people have been calling the Baptist building and saying, well, um, what what are y'all doing on this prayer seminar? Who's teaching? Who's doing the the program on this prayer seminar thing? We're not doing a prayer seminar. Well, I thought you were doing a prayer thing. Well, we are doing a prayer thing. Well, what are you doing? We're praying. But it's eight hours long. We're praying. Uh, 
If anyone among you is afflicted, let him pray. Instead of whining and murmuring and complaining and carrying on about our problems and coming to church looking like we just buried our best friend, we need to pray. We need to come into the presence of Almighty God. You say, what's going to happen if I pray about it? I don't know. But maybe God will do something. Well, assuredly, God will do something. If nothing else, God will change your heart. As we come into His presence, we can't help but be changed. As you pray about it, as you seek Him, no matter what else He does, He's going to allow you and give you the strength that you need. He's going to help you. He's going to meet you where you are. I want to encourage you. It's not complicated. Pray. Pray. Ask God for His help. Ask Him. Take it, take it to Him. And tell Him where you are. Tell Him what's going on. Yes, He knows where you are. But He's told us to pray. An idea here in the verse is literally it's let Him continue to pray. Pray and keep on praying about it. Don't lose heart. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't buy the lies that the enemy is going to tell you. That God doesn't care about you. God doesn't hear you. God isn't able to help you. It'd be interesting this morning if we could just go right down the pew and we could just do a quick interview and, and we could just find out exactly what needs are present right here this morning. Because if we could, then we could say, okay, well, okay, here we've got all these needs, right? But we know that God probably can't fix this and this and this one. So we'll just mark those off at the beginning here. We won't worry about those. And we'll try to focus in on the ones that the Lord probably can take care of. Is that the way we do it? Not the way we're supposed to do it, but sometimes that is the way we end up doing it because there's some things we write off. There's some things we don't even believe God is able to fix. What is it that God is not able to do in your life? What is it in your life that's too hard that God cannot do? Thank you, Manuel. We missed you, brother. I hardly had anybody talk back to me during the sermon since you've been gone. Except for Sheila and, you know. There's nothing that God cannot do. And what we need is a revival of just understanding the power of God through prayer. We need to become people of prayer rather than people of whatever else. I mean, there's a lot of things we can do, but I don't think there's anything more important than prayer. And in this passage, we're not going to just deal with prayer, but, but in this passage, every verse of these, this passage we're going to be in the next week or two, every verse mentions prayer or praying. And folks, I want to encourage you. You say, oh, 
<laughs> we know. We learned that in Sunday school. We were little bitty kids. I would question how well we've learned it if we're not walking in it. If we haven't learned to do it. If we haven't learned to, to bathe our family in prayer. If we haven't learned to, to take our job to the Lord, our health, our, our financial needs, uh, whatever things are on your heart today, if we haven't learned to bring them to the Lord in prayer and begin to ask God to do what only He can do, I don't think we've really learned much there. Yeah, we have some outward response here, but what we need is for God to help us to realize how much He loves us. How much He wants to help you. Some of you young people are looking at challenges at school. Things that you're going to face this year. Whatever kinds of things you may be running into. I'm going to tell you, God has answers for you. God has help for you. God has what you need. We need to begin to pray. 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 Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. But then notice the second question. He said, I love this. He said, is any Mary? Is any Mary? Obviously, that one doesn't apply to us. So we're going to skip over that part. I'm kidding. Some of you are Mary. I just know it. You just hide it really well. No, I'm kidding. I know there's a lot of you who are Mary, but I just look at this, what he says. He says, is any Mary? And the idea there, it's very simple. It has the idea of a soul that is just happy, just blessed. You might say in good spirits. Well, in Jesus... I hope that we are all there. I hope that that's something we would say yes, absolutely. Well, what's our response to that? What's his answer? Let him sing psalms. And literally, Jared, you'll be happy to know, the word there literally has the idea of plucking a string. Not just singing, but maybe playing an instrument. But regardless, it's to express the joy. It is, to, it is to praise the name of God because He is worthy and He's blessed us. You see, there's an answer for you this morning, wherever you are. Some of you are happy today. There's an answer. It's to, to praise the Lord. It's to worship His holy name. Psalm 103 says. But, but oh... We need to, to pour out our hearts in praise to God. Give Him glory. And then notice the third question, because this is interesting. Verse 14, he says, Is any sick among you? Is there any sickness there? Now, the, the word here, sickness, has the idea of weakness. And so it, it could be, there could be a couple things in view here. It could be a weakness that's caused by, by, um, by not being close to the Lord. It could be a weakness that is, 
as a result of being beaten down and, and uh, battered by the, the world or the devil or, or whoever it is so that we've become kind of conditioned. Have you ever been around a dog that's, that's been beaten? You know, if you've seen a dog that's really been beaten, a lot of times when you make a sudden movement, the dog will just flinch and, and cover and, and because he thinks he's about to get it again. And that's pretty much the picture of some Christians today. Every time the devil makes a little move, we're covering up. We're hiding because we know we've taken a licking before and we really don't want it again. Now, I want to remind you today that Jesus Christ has paid the ultimate price so that you can have victory over the devil and over the world and even over your own stinking sinful flesh. You can have victory over that. You don't have to live lives of defeat. You don't have to live. You say, yes, I know, I know, Brother Tim. I know. Which I was like, don't you roll your eyes at me, young lady. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Anna's got this look in her eyes like, what are you doing to me, Dad? And she doesn't do that to me, so that's not where that came from. But you know what? Sometimes in life as Christians... We're accepting defeat before we've ever gone to the throne of grace. We're accepting uh, that we're going to get beat up, or we have been, or we're still being, and it's just where we are, and it's all we can do, and, and that's it. And we've given up. And I want to tell you, that is not why God sent His Son to the cross. That is not why Jesus shed His precious blood. That is not why the Lord Jesus today sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. Praying for us. That is not why. So that we could live lives that are defeated and, and downtrodden and, and beaten up so that we could be weak. No. God never intended that. God intended us to be strong. God intended us to be powerful in Him. Not in ourselves, But in Him. And today, if, if that's not happening, if that's not true in your life or in my life, it's not because God is not able. It's because we've given up. And we've quit on God. There's a scene from uh, Facing the Giants. Football movie from a few years back. Some of you have seen that. And in there, the coaches is teaching his players to not quit, to not give up, to persevere, to keep going, even when it's hard, even when it hurts, even when we can't see what's going to happen. And they come to a key moment in the big championship game and the coach says to his defensive lineman, said, I need you to build me a stone wall out there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. We're so close. And the player looks at him and says, Coach, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. 
That's exactly what we come to sometimes. And folks, it's okay to feel that. It's alright to feel done. It's okay to feel defeated as long as you're bringing that to the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, this is how I feel today. And I know that You have more for me. I know that You have everything I need. God, would You meet me where I am? Would You touch me today? Would You help me today? Would You change my heart and my mind? Instead of me giving up on my neighbor or my brother-in-law or my friend, instead of me giving up on my marriage or my children or my, uh, my job situation or whatever it is, instead of me giving up and giving in and surrendering to the enemy, God, give me hope. Give me help. Lord, do what only You can do today. God is able. Well, is any among you sick? Now, it has the idea of weakness, which certainly accompanies sickness. And it's translated either weak, weakness or sickness in the New Testament. So it's kind of used for both. But notice what it says here. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, let me give you something because, um, you know, sometimes I think, um, I don't know, we think of something like this, we think of being as almost like a Pentecostal type thing or something. Or at least as something that seems kind of strange to our way of thinking. I want to suggest to you something. When you're sick, I mean, when you have a genuine need, I don't mean if you've got the sniffles, okay? But when you have a genuine need and you need your pastor and some of the leaders of this church to come and pray over you, call. Don't approach that. You say, well, it's just a, you know, 16-hour surgery and three months in the hospital. No, nobody stays in the hospital three months anymore. Um, I mean, sometimes we, I mean, and I, I respect it. Some of y'all are different places, and some of you don't really want everybody knowing your business. I understand that. But there's also a, a time when you need prayer. And you need people to come and pray for you. But it begins with you. It start, did you notice that? Is any sick among you? Let him call. You know, it's good if the pastor says, well, is it okay if I come up and have prayer with you? That's good. But I think it's something a little different when, when somebody says, Pastor, could you come and pray with me? I'm facing this problem, this need. Let me give you one uh, example. And I don't know if they would, I don't think they'd mind me saying this. They're not here this morning. But the Sukhasins are an example of a, of a family that when they feel a need, they say, Pastor, would you come and pray with us? And it's not that they're not people of prayer. It's not that they cannot pray themselves. It's not that they do not pray themselves. They do. But they call me and they say, Pastor, we're, we're about to get a batch of new birds. And I can't say it like Miss Canto does, but would you come and pray with us? And I'm going to tell you something. As a pastor... It's nice sometimes to have folks in your church who will allow you to be their pastor. Instead of, oh, well, I didn't know you were in the hospital. Or I would have come and visited you. 
I want to encourage you. When you have a need, call. And I would be happy to come and pray and bring some of the, the elders of our church, the leaders of our church, and, and let us pray over you. And notice also, it says here three things really in this answer. Uh, let him call for the elders um, of the church. That's the first one. And then second, let them pray over him. That's the second part. Um, calling for the elders the first. And then uh, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And boy, there's a huge variety of ideas about what this means and what it's for. Some people believe it's medicinal. That it's talking about oil that's used in a medicinal sense. Uh, other people believe it's more of a ritual. It's uh, symbolic. It's, you know, you apply the, the olive oil, but it's not really uh, a part of healing or uh, of medicine or anything. Well, you know, I don't have to understand all this. I don't have to understand it to just obey what the Word says. And you say, well... Really anointing? I mean, we, do, we do, do we do that kind of thing around here? Well, yes, we do, actually. It's not, it's not normal, maybe, in a sense. It's not common. Now, and probably, you know, from the context here and the way this develops is probably within someone's home rather than in a church service that this occurs. Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them come and pray over him. You know, that says to me that they're, they're coming to that person. But we have done this when, on occasion when asked. And, and I want to encourage you, um, when you have a need and you feel like it's serious enough, it's significant enough, it's something that, that you're struggling with and you need help with, ask for prayer. You say, well, I don't know, that just sounds rather kind of intimidating and a little bit strange. Are you going to pour oil? You know, is this 40 weight or what... Uh, it's going to be all over me, or you know, what's, what's going to happen? Here? No, you know, I, I'll I'll just walk you through what I typically do is I take a little bit of, of olive oil yeah, because that's what it says in the text. It's literally it's olive oil, but I'll just take a little bit on my on my thumb and I will just place it on your forehead in the shape of a cross. That's that's how I was shown. Say, is that the right way? Yeah, I don't think there's a certain procedure here that's given to us. I think it's simply the act of, of, of submitting ourselves to the Lord. And when you submit yourself to the leaders of your church, you're submitting yourself to the Lord. And I want to encourage you to say, well, I don't know. I mean, look, if, if it's something that, that you don't want common knowledge, that's not a problem. Because I'm not going to come back and... And share something you don't want shared. But if you have a need, I want to encourage you. Ask for prayer. Ask for someone to come and pray over you and anoint you with oil. You say, well, I've never done it that way before, preacher. Well, you know, there's a couple things here before we close. One is, I think we're all aware that God doesn't answer every prayer. For healing, we're going to talk more about praying, and and uh, in the following verse there, we're going to talk more about you know the prayer of faith, and we're going to talk more about that. 
But there's times we pray for people to be healed and they are not healed. I mean, you've experienced that. You've gone through that probably. Paul experienced that. He asked the Lord to remove that thorn from his flesh three times. Did Paul not have enough faith? I don't think that was the issue. Um, God had a greater purpose. Sometimes God allows us to go through some things. Some people say, and I don't believe this, I don't, I don't believe this, but some people say that, that, that he, bodily healing is included in the atonement. That when Christ died on the cross, and usually the verse that they use is, is Isaiah 53, it says, by His stripes we are healed. Now, if you have the idea that ultimately our bodies are going to be healed because we're going to go to heaven, and one day He's going to, you know, he's going to transform this physical body, from whatever shape it's in at that moment into a brand new, better than it's ever been body. If you, if that's the idea you have in, in that, yeah, it's, I believe that. But if, if, if we were not just saved spiritually, but we were saved physically by the, the death of Jesus on the cross, then we would never die. Well, there are times when God will not answer our prayer the way we would like to answer him, him to answer it, but He always answers prayer. He always gives us a reply. It just may not be what, what we would have liked to, to seen it. You know, and God can use whatever means He chooses. It is not wrong to go to a doctor. It is not wrong to take medication, in my opinion. I don't think any of that stuff is, is wrong. God can choose to, to heal through a doctor. He can choose to, to heal through medications or treatments or surgeries or whatever. But the only thing we need to be careful of here is just to say that God is the healer. He is the great physician. He is the one who brings the healing, no matter how He does it. I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where you are, whatever need you have, Whatever thing is going on in your life, if it's happiness, well, praise Him. Praise Him. If it's affliction, if it's suffering, trials, pray. I mean, pray. And you know, God's put us here in a in a community of believers, and I believe there's probably somebody else here who loves you and who will pray with you and for you if you'll reach out to them, even this morning. Say, would you pray for me in this need that I'm facing, in this struggle I'm having? Would you pray for me? Some may be sick or have something that they need prayer. Yes. Amen. Well, it's a joy that God gives us to be in a body of believers and have different ones. Leanne and and manual and, and different ones that we can pray for as they need it. And God works. And God meets those needs. It helps us. But there's some things that bother me. One is when we have a need, but we never share it. We don't ever mention it. And I realize there's some needs that maybe should not be shared with the whole group. That's fine. But maybe with a small group. Or with one person. You know, share those things that are on your heart. Ask, ask them to, to, to pray with you 
And don't give up. Don't live that defeated life that just says, oh, it's just the way it is. It's just the way I am. It's just what I've got to face for the rest of my life. Well, maybe. But maybe God's got some things for you there. Maybe God's got some things He wants to do if you just ask Him. We're going to take a, a time together to pray and to seek the Lord. I'm going to ask Daniel to come back up and lead us in a song. And uh, if God's speaking your heart about something or there's something that's going on, then I want to encourage you, don't sing, don't worry about any of that. You just focus on the Lord. Take this thing to the Lord in prayer. Um, this altar's here, Christian. If you need to come and pray, I would be happy to pray with you. There are other people. Let me just take a quick poll here for just one second. If you're here this morning and you would not mind, I mean, I'm just, don't raise your hand because I'm, I'm saying raise your hand, but if you really truly would not mind if someone came to you and asked you, would you pray with me about something that's going on in my heart this morning? Would you just slip up your hand just so people can kind of see uh, if there's somebody around them that would be open to that? I think there, there's a whole bunch of folks who would be happy to do that. So let's just bow together in prayer. Father, we know in this moment, Lord, that You have every, every resource, every need that we have. God, You're able to meet it. Lord, there's some, there's some questions we have and there's some needs that we have that we may not even know how to begin to pray for them. But Father, I pray today that wherever we are, whatever's going on in our heart, Father, I pray You give us grace to come to the foot of the cross to ask You to just meet us where we are. God, I ask You to change us. Ask You, ask you to help us, Father. Lord, where we've given up, we've accepted defeat. Father, would You help us to see that You are able to turn that around. Lord, You're able to transform our hearts and our minds. Oh, Father, I pray that You would quicken us today, cause us to have a brand new life, Lord. Father, if there's even one today who doesn't have a genuine relationship with You, if they're not saved, Father, would You help them to today receive you into their heart and to truly be saved. Lord, give them grace to come. Say, I need you, Lord. Father, we know that you're able, so we trust you in this moment. We thank you. And we pray together in Jesus' precious, holy name. Amen.